Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Fell in love with the lifestyle. Black shade. Black shade. Night cloud. Night cloud. She want fuck she don't love me. Lifestyle. 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 Strapped up but I'm iced down. All white grill with the black towel. She don't love me. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. When I asked what people would like to listen to, the word lifestyle was given. What is lifestyle? I decided to find out what the definition was. Lifestyle is the interests, opinions, behaviours and behavioural orientations of an individual, group or culture. Leaves a pretty wide scope, doesn't it? So it seems to cover everything a person or group likes to do, watch or hear. So over the next few weeks, I'll try to do some informational lifestyles. Whoops, good luck, eh? It's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. It's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. Hello and welcome to today's Lifestyle. And I'm John Pepper, and we've got a lot of things to talk about today, and depending on amount amount of time that we've got will depend on what we can cover. There are some things like the Otway Lifestyle magazine, a survey from the Shire Council, and we're going to be talking about a wiki garden, or how to make one, and some of the things that you need to do with it, plus a lot more, depending upon the time that we've got to go. So first of all, I thought we might listen to Jonathan, who interviewed Nettie, about the Otway Life magazine. Joining me on the phone, I have uh, Nettie from the Otway Life magazine, which, as I say, it's uh, getting a new breath of life into it. So uh, very excited to have you on the phone. Good morning, Nettie. Good morning, Jonathan. How's, uh, how's it going? Going really well. Um, the time goes so fast, doesn't it? It's like, it does. Oh, all of a sudden, it's Saturday again. So bizarre. <laughs> You're uh, currently not within the Otways, which uh, you were such a big part of the Otway life, and uh, at the moment, that's not where you are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although, I have been a bit of a gypsy the last uh, few years, and uh, well, look, we came back from overseas late last year. We popped down to Tassie to spend some time in a shack by a lake mm-hmm. in early March, and then the pandemic really hit, so we thought, oh, perhaps we'd better stay here for a few months, yep. which is now going on indefinitely. Seven months, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but look, we feel very, very blessed. We're, you know, we're off the grid, and yes. we're high in a mountain, and we're far away from people. <laughs> which is... <laughs> The best thing to be doing at this time. Well, that's it. We're here to chat about the Otway Life magazine, which uh, has seen a few different iterations since its inception. It started out as a magazine that then uh, turned into the Almanac that uh, came out. And, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, always on the search for a business model that'll work. Yep. <laughs> uh, seven years ago, it started as a little social enterprise um, through the auspice of the neighbourhood house in the forest. Mm-hmm. So teaming up with a beautiful graphic designer, Gillian Bird. Uh, my partner in crime. We started off the monthly, uh, the quarterly, and then we went for annual. Mm-hmm. And would you believe the last one we did was the first time we actually had a small surplus. There you go. <laughs> and, and then the pandemic hit. And so, then the pandemic did hit indeed. <laughs> that's right. So like with a lot of small businesses or enterprises, it's like you, know, you don't have that sort of um, reserve or got no margin yes or contingency really so it just kind of wipes you out so we just kind of retreated for a few months and just kept watching and i actually went on social media because i was just 
wanting to manage my own mental health. Yes, yep. good plan. <laughs> and um, then I thought, I seriously thought about just letting it all slide and fold up. Mm-hmm. It would just take a bit of energy, and I just didn't have the energy to sort of think it through. Yes. But then uh, I don't know what changed. Um, came into August, and I think when I really thought, yeah, we'll let it go, I just felt too sad. Mm-hmm. I thought, no, you know, we've built it up so much, and, and I know people love it. Yeah. They're printed copies, you know, they've become little keepsakes. Oh, definitely. So I thought, yeah, and I thought, well, look, I've got lots of time on my hand, you know, thanks to Centrelink, I've got myself a little, what I call an art grant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I thought, why not, you know, put it out there, and I know lots of people at home, then they can get the energy, are finding that they're doing some creative sort of stuff to yes. get themselves yep. picking over, so this would be a, a great platform to share that. Definitely. So the Oway Life magazine in its purest uh, original form was keeping people updated with what's coming up in the local art scene and things about local environment, local history. And then, as you yeah. say, it, uh, it adapted into a kind of quarterly format and then to, right. to the almanac uh, style. Yeah. So yes. now we're taking it to, uh, to that next stage of being an, an online platform. What can uh, people expect from the Otway Journal? Yeah, wow, this is a new area for me um, and for Jill too. So we're going to be really exploring the platforms. I think we've found one kind of fit, mm-hmm. which, which is free as well. So that's the other challenge we have, yes. we try to do it with that less cost to ourselves as possible. And the beauty of going online is that we can now incorporate things like film clips and audio clips. Oh, so we can right. kind of yes, yes. reach out to musicians um, or performance artists or, or anybody who wants to share in that format as well, which I think might also appeal to say, people of the younger generation mm-hmm. because they're very used to those formats. Um, we are sad that we won't be doing a printing version, but the costs are just too, too beyond our reach because yes. I think last cut was like $7,000 for 500 copies mm-hmm. or $10,000 for 1,000 copies. So um, unless someone's got, you know, some lazy fun sitting <laughs> in the bank account. <laughs> the, the back of the couch money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that, yeah, we'll be looking at the online thing and um, yeah, we're quite excited about that. It also means that we're not confined by available space. Cause we always have to keep, you know, within a budget yes, yep. of 100 pages, which works well in the print format, but um, well, my understanding is that we can put as much content as we want. We're really throwing up the doors there. We want anybody who has anything to share, please come along and be part of it. Fantastic. So from there, um, putting the word out to local musicians, arts people, people within the community, what sort of contributions uh, are likely to make it into the way life? Well, since I put the word out last Tuesday, I've had quite a few um, inquiries and submissions already, which is fantastic. So photographers, um, their, their beautiful favourite images mm-hmm. of the Otways or anywhere. It doesn't have to be Otway-centric in that sense because we want to open it up in terms of place as well. Yep. And poetry, oh, got some poetry coming through. Interviews, people interviewing artists or interviewing writers mm-hmm. or um, that sort of thing. So we really, I've got a whole list, writing, non-fiction, fiction, prose or verse, music, sound clips, video. Arts and crafts of any medium, you know, so we're looking at the whole range of visual arts, painting, drawing, sculpture, and also crafting, you know, yes. knitting, your crocheting, you know, anything to do with fabrics. And also gardening, because people have had a lot of time to Get do perhaps things on, on those lists that they've been wanting to do. And gardening is a wonderful creative outlet as well as the whole thing of putting your hands in the earth. Definitely. And then that leads on to cooking, which is also <laughs> creative, because I did lots of... Uh, 
you know, new recipes being tried out in isolation. And even delving back into, you know, Grandma's cookbook and uh, sharing those recipes that yes. mightn't have seen a lot of day for a while. That's right, that's right. Um, which is kind of like my generation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I looked up a recipe the other day just for something very basic, and it was I found it in something called vintage recipes. <laughs> I was like, oh, goodness me, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so I also put on the blog some inspirational stuff for people who say they're wanting to express themselves in some way, they haven't actually got round to it, or they just need that extra bit of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just put a few things on the blog that might help people yeah, feel a bit inspired Put pen to paper or paper, paint to paper or whatever. Or uh, finger to keyboard. Yeah, finger to keyboard, that's right. And I'm using quite a bit of inspiration from the work that reconnects. I don't know if you've come across that um, concept. It's to do with uh, Joanna Macy. From, right, she's yeah. been doing it for about 40 years. She uses a spiral. It's to do with you know, coming from gratitude. It's important to all the time be reminding ourselves you know, of what's good in our lives. Mm-hmm. Coming through to then honouring pain, you know, seeing things as they are. Because yes, yeah. the reason why we feel pain is because we love. And then going on to seeing with new eyes, so coming from different perspectives and then looking at going forth. So I find that, that that's a practice that you can do and I've been doing that as a volunteer with uh, young people um, with high-functioning autism mm-hmm. um, who are in, in the in-between stage from finishing school and then waiting for what comes next. But of course, now with the pandemic, so what comes next is very unknown. Yep. So I spend um, some hours a week with them going through that um, that framework, and I find that's really helpful. Right, okay. I know some of the previous editions of Otway Life have had a bit of a theme to them. Is this more open slather um, in, in that regard, being the new online format? Yeah, open slather, but very loosely come together with, you know, celebrating nature and our part yes, in nature. Yeah. Yep. Or connection with or yeah um you know there's a few sentences here like some things i love about being alive on earth are what was a magical place for you as a child or when you see what's happening to the natural world what breaks your heart or when i'm in the natural world what fills my heart and then going on to you know if you were liberated from all fear and open to all the energy available to you in the web of life what would you do in the service of life on earth so that's kind of some general stuff. I've also got, you know, as with the Almanac, next year, 2021, is the Chinese year of the metal ox, mm-hmm. which is all about tilling the soil and pulling the burden together and getting on with the work without complaint. And then the other one is wabi-sabi, uh, the traditional Japanese aesthetic, which is the, it's a worldview centred on the acceptance of transience and imperfection. So in a way, it's kind of, you know, it, it resonates with what's happening now. Yes, yeah. You know, it's sometimes described as one of, beauty that is imperfect, impermanent and incomplete. And so it encourages you to focus on the blessings that's hiding in our daily lives and celebrating the way things are rather than how they should be. Because that's the thing about, you know, everyone's talking about uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But if, like, what are the gifts of uncertainty that makes you stop right here and now? Because we can't, it's really difficult to look forward and looking back doesn't always serve a purpose either. So... Yeah, they're kind of like the general themes, but look, we'll be open to whatever anyone wants to submit because it's all connected anyway. Definitely. Well, as you say, living in that perfectly imperfect life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and, and that's what it is. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited and really, really happy to see what's coming through already. So people have a while to do it. We, our deadline's not to the 31st of October. Mm-hmm. So that's still, what, two and a half months, is it? Yeah. And so uh, from Otway Life, it will become the Otway Journal at the moment? 
Yeah, Otway Journal, coming back to earth is a tagline. Yeah. And um, look, we'll see how we go. Who knows? It might be a one-off or it might lead to something else. But um, as you can see, we're very open to change. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and people wanting to make submissions can uh, send an email? Yes, just to otwaylifemagazine at gmail.com. Because if you Google Otway Life magazine, a whole lot of our references will come up. So we're pretty easy to find. And, uh, of <laughs> course, people can still make donations as well to help contribute. Yes. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I, I'm going to make sure we have a, a donate button on because there are a few expenses to do with the internet that come up. But, um, yeah, that'll be great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Nidhi, for having a chat this morning and uh, very much looking forward to uh, this next big step. Thank you, Jonathan. I look forward to receiving something from you too. Boys to men there with Girl in the Life magazine. And now let's have a look at one of these dietary biscuits. It's called Crunchy Cheese Biscuits. The ingredients you need is 125 grams or 4 ounces of butter, 90 grams or 3 ounces of cheddar cheese, a pinch of salt, a pinch of cayenne, a cup of self-raising flour, a cup of crushed cornflakes, one egg and one tablespoon of milk. Cream butter until soft, add grated cheese, salt, cayenne, sifted flour and cornflakes. Combine with beaten egg and milks, reserving two teaspoons for glazing for the biscuits. Roll the teaspoons of mixture and put onto a lightly greased tray and press with a fork. Brush over the glaze. Bake in a moderate oven for 10 to 12 minutes and allow to cool on the trays. You can get a copy of this from the station. You're listening to OCRFM. I'm John Pepin bringing you Lifestyle Today. And right now we're going to have a look at wiki gardens or wiki beds or wikiing beds, whatever terminology you you like. I also thought that instead of getting all the information out of the internet and, and those sort of places, I'd talk about my experience of making one which uh, may or may not be interesting. So let's get to have a look at what wicking beds are. Wicking beds are a unique and increasingly popular way to grow vegetables. They are self-contained raised beds with built-in reservoirs that supply water from the bottom up, changing how and how much you water your beds. A wick works from the bottom up. If you think of a kerosene lantern where you fill up the base with a kero and then add a wick to it, the kero so, uh, soaks up the wick to ignite. However, it's not quite right because you need the top of the wick to be dry. So probably a better example would be if you have a glass of water and put a tissue in it, the water seeps up the tissue. It doesn't quite get to the top. And you can use many materials, cotton, wool, geotextiles, soil, gravel, as wicking properties. Now, the advantages of wicking beds, well, wicking gardens, uh, have a lot of advantages over standard raised beds because they are water efficient. Watering from the bottom up prevents evaporation of surface water. They are self-watering. Wiki beds are an especially great system of use in community gardens because they save people from driving every day during hot weeks to water their beds and a full wicking bed should irrigate itself for about a week. So only water once a week, that makes it a little better, doesn't it? 
They can be placed close to the house without risk of flooding your basement since the water is contained in the bed. No evaporation means no salting of the soil, which is if you're watering your soils from the top with hard water, you risk accumulating salts because the water evaporates and leaves the minerals behind. Eventually your soil will struggle to support the plant life. They provide a lot of drainage in the event of a large downpour. Since they're raised, they will warm up quicker in the spring and you can easily attach cold frames to them and they are great for people with less mobility and strength as you don't have to haul heavy water containers. There is a disadvantage, or there's a couple of them, but the main one is that it's more expensive to install. There are lots of different types of wiki boxes which can be obtained from hardware stores, nurseries and some of the agricultural companies. And of course, what you want to grow, how much room you have will determine the size you need. And most come with a false bottom which will allow the soil to be suspended above the water reservoir. Now the design considerations when designing your wiki bed is important to keep the depth of the water reservoir at or below 300 millimetres or one foot as the capillary action struggles to lift the water higher than that. The soil above the reservoir acts as a wick as well so it is important that the soil layer stays between the 300 and 320 millimetres. The soil could technically be deeper than this however and the soil at the top will likely be much drier than the lower soil. So you want to make sure that the plants you use can access this deeper soil uh, moisture. Tomatoes, which can be buried deep into the bed, are one of the main ones that I can think of at the spot. Once you've determined how deep your soil is going to be, you need to create a containment device. In other words, a box or a whatever. Today I'm going to talk about how I made one from half an old water tank. And hopefully it will inspire you to make one, as I'm sure there are farmers out there who would like to get rid of their old tanks if they're not in use. Mind you, if you could do this, most of you would find it easier, as I am not very technical or mechanical in any way. When I got hold of this tank, I didn't have a top or a base to it, so I worked out my own way of containing a separate entity from the garden. I first of all made a list of what I needed to get to get the job done and I also got the tank cut in half as it was too high to be viable. I got some PVC pipe that was long enough to stick out over the overall height of the tank plus an elbow bend and a cap to cover the whole of the PVC at the top, all obtainable at the hardware stores. I also got some black heavy-duty plastic to cover the whole area to make it so the water wouldn't go away. And I got a copper compression nut as an overflow outlet. I got stones for the base so the water could flow through them and of course the soil wouldn't clog everything up. I also got some second-hand carpet that was being thrown out from a carpet layer who also would be happy to get rid of it. Some common house pegs or stronger clamps to keep the plastic in place and also... As you see on top of above ground pools, tubing to take out the sharpness of the edges and later also used to keep the plastic in place. Some good topsoil from the nursery or gravel soil place plus manure. 
horse or chicken poo or a combination you want as long as it isn't too fresh. So let's do it. Drill a hole in the side of the tank just above the one foot or the 320 millimetres and insert the compression nut. Make sure it's tight and then seal it to the edge of the tank so it won't leak everywhere and is the overflow we need to ensure we don't saturate the garden with too much water. Find where you want to put the garden. It can be on soil or concrete or wherever as long as it's level. The reason I mention concrete slab as a method I'm using is because I don't have a base for my tank. And it'll become clear in a moment. Cut the carpet to act as a base and if on soil will ensure weeds etc can't grow up from the bottom. Place the tank over the carpet and ensure all the tank edges are on the carpet and no gaps. Place the black plastic inside the tank and line it around all the edges right up to the top of the tank and peg it in place so as not to let the plastic slide down. Place the PVC pipe elbow on the opposite side of the overflow hole and next to the lining and place some stones or gravel to cover it and keep it in place. Then gently place stones etc into the tank to the required height, approximately 320 millimetres. Ensure you don't perforate the black plastic as then the water will leak out everywhere and you'll have to start again. Then I cut out another piece of carpet to place over the stones as this has two purposes. One, it keeps the soil away from the water or reservoir and two, also acts as a wick to draw the water up. Then place some of the top soil onto the carpet and then add the manure and then top up the soil to the top. Using the tubing to hold the plastic and keeping the edges safe from the sharp edges so that it then looks like a finished product. Fill the pipe with water from a hose until the water flows through the overflow. Place the cap on the filling pipe, allow it to settle for a few days and then plant your seeds or whatever and enjoy your veggies. The water needs only to be topped up about once a week. Now that sounds like an awful lot and I have got a copy of that at the station and I'm sure they'd be happy to send it out. However, it is rather simple if you use the simple methods. I do not understand all this putting certain little things here and certain little things there. Our vegetable garden is great and we've been eating heaps and heaps and heaps of different stuff because the size of the tank is big enough to do carrots and lettuces and all sorts of other vegetables as well. I hope you've enjoyed that, and if you need some more information, please ring the station and they will send you a copy of what I've just called out. You're listening to Lifestyle, and I'm John Pepin on OCRFM. And I did mention at the beginning that we would have a look at Cole Ockway Shire survey and it's all about hard wastes and what we want to do with it. Now it says the council is investigating a hard waste collection service and we're seeking community input on how you would like to see the service operate. The purpose of the survey is to determine what types of hard waste you would more than likely need to dispose of and how often you would like the service to operate in order to develop an effective cost structure for the hard waste collection. Types of hard waste services offered by the Council are curbside hard waste collection, 
a designated hard waste collection day in, in a one-size-fits-all approach, which would offer a hard waste service to all residents once a year at a scheduled time, for example. The Borough of Queensland offers a single curbside hard waste collection once a year. The cost is included in the municipal waste charge. They have a weight limit of 32 kilograms and items cannot be over 1.2 metres in length. There's the book and collect. Booked collections give residents the option of arranging a collection of any point throughout the year. Residents will have access to a limited number of book collections annually. For example, City of Greater Geelong are trialling a once-a-year collection of hard waste with a maximum limit of three cubic metres. The cost is included in the municipal waste charge. Then there's the self-haul vouchers. The self-haul voucher system would entitle residents to dispose of hard waste items directly to the transfer stations. This would provide residents with the option to choose when to clean up around their homes. For example, the Surf Coast Shire offers one hard waste voucher for up to one cubic metre of hard waste per year and the cost is included in the municipal waste charge. Also, I do know that in Ballarat you get two of those vouchers and that enables you twice a year to be able to go and it works from uh, August through to July and that comes within the rates of Ballarat. Coming up in a moment we're going to have a look at all the questions. Okay now let's have a look at some of the questions that are in this survey and don't forget that you can either see it online or you can ring the Colac Otwell Shire to get a copy sent to you. Now, question one is what town or area do you live in? Question two, choose what best describes your place of residence, whether it be a house, a flat unit, a business or a farm. Three, would you utilise a hard waste service if offered by council? And that's either a straight yes or no. What type of item would you like to dispose of in a hard waste collection? And now they've listed white goods, household items, green waste, scrap metal, all of the above or others, and please specify. Then there's how often would you like the hard waste collection to be offered? Twice a year, once a year, every second year. And the next one is what mode of hard waste collection would you prefer? Curbside hard waste, book and collect, or self-haul vouchers? What size volumes would you like to have collected? One cubic metre, two cubic metres and three cubic metres. And if there's any others, please uh, please um, specify. And I think I can answer the next question for you without even trying. What fee would you like to be prepared to pay either in your rates or in the waste management charge for each hard waste collection? 25 to 49 50 to $100, more than $100, or zero. And the last question is, have you got any further feedback? Well, that's the questionnaire that's been put out by the Colac Otway Shire, and I think it's a good one. Um, my preferences are two vouchers, um, because it works at about a 6 by 4 trailer for each voucher, and that's probably enough for a year, for me anyway. As for everyone else, of course, everyone has their own ideas and uh, some places like farms and things may need more. So have a look at it 
and give the Shire an, an answer because I think it's very important for that service to be started. Well, I think I've got enough time to fit in another interview by Jonathan and that's all about the Rotary Club. So that should probably take us out for the day. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the different types of lifestyle we've done today and I'll catch you next week. Bye now. Joining me on the phone from the Rotary Club of Colac West, I have Sue Schramm. Good morning to you, Sue. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you going? Very good, thank you. Uh, we're here to ch- chat today about a project that the Rotary Club is involved with, and it's uh, one that the Rotary Club has, uh, we've, we've chatted before on 9 to 1 about, um, the Share the Dignity campaign. That's correct. Uh, Lynn Cook uh, spoke to you last time about our campaign last year. So it's kicked off again for August this year. Mm-hmm. And so it's a bit of a biannual drive, collecting donations of uh, sanitary items and things like that for women or girls who are in need or experiencing homelessness. That's correct. Although we do collect every year. We, our last collection was in uh, March, but mm-hmm. that got interrupted with the COVID-19. So yes, yep. we didn't do the pick-up until June for that, but we still managed to be able to distribute to the charity in time. So we have a March and August drive. And so uh, from that, what sort of items are people able to donate uh, to the to the Share the Dignity campaign? Well, it is for um, women's um, periods and their menstrual cycles. So anything like pads, tampons, they also take incontinence products, um, just any sort of women's products uh, that are needed. And it c- can be for younger people right Mm -hmm. through to older people. So there's a lot of people who in schools need it. Yes, yep. And uh, also uh, homeless people and aged people, just to anybody who's finding it difficult, and they would be uh, finding it difficult at these times. Specifically, yeah, uh, at this time where there's the social distance element as well. That's correct, yes. So we encourage... um, both sides of it, we encourage people to donate into the box as, as much as they can. Just pick up a, um, a pack when they're doing their shopping mm-hmm. or ordering online, order an extra pack and ask the staff to pop it into the box, which is located at the exit of Woolies, and give generously. And yes, on yeah. the other side of it, we've got um, people who are in need. If they need products and want to register, they can go into Share the Dignity website or they can contact the Rotary Club of Collect West. We have a Facebook page and a, a, a web page. And would people be able to, um, perhaps, if they know of somebody that uh, would benefit from this, can they apply on behalf of someone else and uh, share their details? Is that something that can occur? Uh, well, yes, they can. But they, I'd recommend that they um, Speak to the person. perhaps contact one of us yes, and yep. then we can put them in touch with the correct charity or welfare agency that are listed and they can put their names down at those places and pick up their products from there. Now, I know uh, last time when we spoke about uh, this project, people were also able to donate um, bags for the items to be uh, stored in as they were given out. Is that still part of the um, campaign? Yes. Well, that's a, um, a part of the Share the Dignity, and that's uh, an, another uh, campaign that they run. That one's called It's In The Bag. In The Bag, yes, yep. Yes, and that's uh, run at a different time. That's more uh, later in the year, 
and you'll, we can contact you when that one's running again. Fantastic. And yes, and we'll have box. I think Bunnings was included in that one, mm-hmm. so we can contact you when that one's running. But at this stage, it's just the sanitary items and things like that. Sanitary items. That's right. correct. Yes, Jonathan. And so, if people want to make donations, they can do so, as you said, at the local Woolworths. And uh, it's an amazing campaign, and. and uh, very beneficial for people in need, um, a great welfare project, as are a number of different projects that the Rotary Club of Colac West get involved with. That's right, yes. That's what we're about, is uh, helping other people. So we encourage people to contact us if they need help in any way. And as you say, if they know of someone that needs help in any way, that's what the Rotary Club's about. And if they're interested in coming aboard and helping with some of these projects, we're also interested in hearing from them as well. So the collection's running throughout August? Yes, it is. Um, it usually runs for the month of August. We won't be picking up the products until it's safe to do so. Mm-hmm. So Woolworths is going to hold on to those products when we get the nod from head office that we can go in and pick them up. Yep. We will then take them to the uh, welfare agencies and charities that have registered um, but as I say, if any, if the schools or anybody else needs any help, that they can contact us or share the dignity and we'll get them picked up. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Sue, for having a chat this morning. Look, thank you very much. And we thank the community of Colac as well because they have been very generous and everybody's under duress at the moment and under a little bit of stress. So we just hope that everybody keeps safe and we thank everybody from the bottom of our heart. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sue. We'll uh, let you enjoy your day. Thank you very much, Jonathan. You have a good day too. Catch you later. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm.